You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll you'll get 15% off of your next order. I hope you had a good weekend and a happy Monday so far. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I am also the founder of Whole9Sports.com where you can find all of my written work and yeah, I hope you had a great Monday so far. It is draft week, which means that it is 5 a.m. as I'm recording this because this is what sleep is like this week. So today is the final mock draft Monday before the NFL draft. So we'll take a look at five mock drafts from the Draft Network, who you can see this week live covering the NFL draft on the Locked On NFL YouTube page. We'll spend the rest of the show talking about how some analysts are comparing some Florida Gators prospects to NFL players. Also, thank you to the person who left a review but didn't leave a name on Apple Podcasts. I'll be working on my delivery for you. And please do leave a review or reach out to me in some way so that I can work to make this the best Gators podcast around. Before we get started, just a quick reminder to follow Locked On Gators wherever you listen to podcasts so that you never miss an episode. And I apologize for last week. I know Apple did some update to Apple Podcasts in the middle of the week, and it caused the Wednesday and Thursday shows to go up way later than they should have. But hopefully we won't run into that issue today. But let's dive right into this show. Of course, like I said, five mock drafts from the Draft Network. The five mocks were done by Jamie Eisner. Benjamin Solak, who you can find on Locked On NFL Draft, Alexis Manzanares, Ryan Fowler, and Trevor Sykema, who you can also find on Locked On NFL Draft, Monday through Friday, and you can catch both Solak and Sykema on the NFL Draft stream this weekend. Now, one thing that every single one of these mocks had in common was that at the fourth overall pick, the Atlanta Falcons selected Kyle Pitts. This is something that it's been the probably behind Trevor Lawrence to the Jaguars. This has been the most commonly agreed upon or the most consensus pick that's going to happen. I'm still not totally convinced, just given with how murky the quarterback situation are at one, two, and three. Well, not necessarily one, but two and three. So I'm not totally convinced this is the pick. I do think Kyle Pitts still goes in this four to six or seven range, but we could see a team trade up to four and that could make the whole thing go kind of haywire for Kyle Pitts. Of course, I love the pick here. I think it's amazing that Kyle Pitts could go this high. It's it's truly, I, I don't think I could stress enough how truly insane it would be for a tight end to go this high nowadays. Um, it's something that doesn't happen very often. It happens very, very rarely. And so I think that just is a further testament to how good of a prospect Kyle Pitts 
really is that it's the pretty much general consensus that he's going to go fourth overall. It's also a great fit with new head coach Arthur Smith, who I've harped on this so many times, has experience working with an athletic tight end that's a fantastic receiver, and I think Kyle Pitts is even better than Jonu Smith. The only other Florida Gator that went in any of these mocks was Kadarius Toney to the Jacksonville Jaguars with the first round pick 25 uh, in Trevor Sikama's mock draft. I know that this is disappointing to me because I am someone who very adamantly thinks Kadarius Tony should be going in the first round. So to see him go in pretty much, I mean, five mocks, one pick, so 20% of the mocks is very disappointing for me at least. I think he is one of the better prospects in the draft. I don't really see why he wouldn't go in the first round, if I'm being completely honest. I think even if he's not super productive, uh, just the things that he brings to your team and your offense are phenomenal. And the fact that he can contribute on special teams as well is a great thing. But I think the fact that Kadarius Tony can play multiple positions, um, that he's a threat at multiple levels of the field, he's not just a gadget guy. We've seen him improve tremendously, even from his junior year to his senior year. We've seen him improve tremendously, especially as a route runner. So I I don't understand why he's going so late to a lot of people. I get this is a fantastic receivers class, and maybe that's why, just that there are so many pass-catching options. But I do think Kadarius Tony should be a first-round pick, without a doubt in my mind. I also love this Jaguars fit, who I mentioned. Uh, Dylan Sanders brought this up to me when we looked at his mock draft. Uh, I believe it was not this past Friday, but the Friday before that. Um, I think it was a fantastic pick. I think it was the April 16th it should have been. Um, I think it was a fantastic pick and a fantastic fit. We've seen both head coach Urban Meyer and offensive coordinator Darren Bevel use that kind of slot back role. So I think that Kadarius Tony here is going to be a seamless fit. I think that he would be properly utilized in this offense as not just a gadget guy, but a legitimate running back slash receiver, which is something that a lot of offenses we'd see him probably line up in the slot primarily and occasionally come in at running back or even just get carries out of the slot. But with the Jaguars, we know that head coach, offensive coordinator, like to use guys in a slot and running back role. And I think it'd be one of the most blurred lines situation for Kadarius Tony, where he would legitimately be lining up in the backfield for a significant number of his snaps and he'd be lining up in the slot for a significant number of his snaps, and he'd be a truly dynamic piece to this offense. It's also where I think he'd probably be most productive early on. It's a team where, I've mentioned, they have LaVisca Chenault as another slot back type, and they don't have a legitimate backup running back right now. So while James Robinson would be the primary back, Chenault and Tony combined could be that backup running back in the running back by committee if you want to do that but they would give this offense just so many more things they could do and if you could put Robinson, Chenault, and Tony on the field or even just Tony and Chenault on the field at the same time 
this offense becomes much more lethal in seriously it'd be insane for a defensive coordinator to try to see them come out that personnel try to and just try to guess what this offense is going to do just a reminder that the over under for kyle pitts's draft position is five and a half it is five and a half on bet online of course bet online covers everything even award shows tv shows and reality tv with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine bet online really is your best source for gambling it is the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up like i've mentioned a ton of times i have been using bet online for three to four years i will continue using it as my main source for gambling. I love it. I think the interface is so smooth and I love the variety of picks that that can, that can place. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. I highly recommend their mobile website. That's how I do everything. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Use promo code locked on. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey is happening now and today is the last day. Featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason LaCanfora, and Brian Baldinger, our local experts for every team will make trades and pick the next stars for their teams. Search The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is the audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. As promised, we'll be spending the rest of the episode talking about draft prospect player comps. Uh, First up, we'll talk about the draft network player comps. Then we will talk about Thor Nystrom's most recent player comps for all only the Florida Gators. I think it's important to note that I will compare these player comps to my player comps. Um, my comps are a little bit different. Uh, comps being comparisons, of course, for those that aren't in the know with all the hip, cool lingo. Um, I don't just do player comps. I do player ceilings and floors based on their play style. That's, of course, comps are based on play style. Not saying that you will have that kind of career. When I say ceilings or floor, I mean... If they reach what I think is their maximum potential, then that's what their ceiling will be. Their floor will be if they never improve, really. So without further ado, we have four player comps from the Draft Network. We have another five from Thor. But first up, the Draft Network, Kyle Pitts, they comped him to Darren Waller. I have better blocking Darren Waller as his ceiling or Evan Ingram as his floor. So I couldn't agree with this one more. I think this is also one of the easiest comps that you can possibly have this draft season. I think it's very clear that Kyle Pitts and Darren Waller, that wide receiver, tight end kind of guy. Although, like I mentioned, I do think that Kyle Pitts is a better blocking Darren Waller when it's all said and done. And Darren Waller is pretty quietly the third best tight end in the NFL right now. So I wanted to put Travis Kelsey or George Kittle, but I don't think he's lined up properly size-wise with either of them. 
And I don't think that he will become as good a blocker as George Kittle, because that's really George Kittle's bread and butter. That's what got him to the league, and then he blew up as a receiver as well. The next comp for the draft network for Kyle Trask is Nick Foles, which I hate just because I don't like Nick Foles. <laughs> that's my main reason. It's not like I'm like, oh, that's a terrible comp. I just don't like Nick Foles. Uh, I have Kyle Trask ceiling as Big Ben. Um, I realize that that seems insane to be like, oh, he's a potential Hall of Famer. I don't think that's the case. Um, Big Ben's play style is kind of outdated now, and he's pretty much just an average to above average quarterback at best, which I think is where Kyle Trask will kind of stay if he hits his ceiling. Or A.J. McCarron, where he could be a backup and he'll float around the league for a little bit, make his money, enjoy his time, have to play here and there in case of injury but not be a starter quality quarterback. So I think that Kyle Trask doesn't have this huge gap between his ceiling and floor. I think he's either average to above average as a starter, or he'll be a backup that floats around the league for a while, which isn't a bad thing at all. You know, backups are more crucial than people give them credit for. So I'll say that. Next up is Stone Forsyth, who... The draft never comped him to Ty Nishek, who uh, I hope I'm... That's my understanding for pronouncing it. Uh, that's how I've heard it pronounced before, so I'm just rolling with it. I have his ceiling being Orlando Brown Jr. and his floor being Eric Winston. Um, Eric Winston, of course, was a former NFLPA president, which isn't saying much for his play style, but he was a multi-year starter throughout his career, and he kind of carved a role for himself as a backup later on. Orlando Brown Jr., who we know just got traded from the Ravens to the Chiefs, um, is a fantastic offensive tackle. I do think Stone Forsyth has a very high ceiling in this league, especially as it gets more pass-oriented. I think that he kind of fills that role more as a pass protector with the occasional, or not even occasional, but when they run a power-blocking scheme. Uh, I've mentioned before that I think the Ravens are a fantastic fit for Stone Forsyth. And now that they've traded Orlando Brown Jr., they can draft younger Orlando Brown Jr. to replace him as their right tackle or temporary left tackle while Ronnie Stanley recovers from his injury. I do think Stone has a pretty wide gap between his ceiling and floor because I do think that right now he's a good pass protector and he needs help as a run blocker. So I do think that if he could develop there, he can really stick out as a pro bowler. And hopefully he does reach that goal. And I think that the Ravens would be a fantastic landing spot for him to develop as a run blocker. Although I'm not too sure his pass blocking will be able to be shown off early there. And of course, we're hearing rumors that he could be drafted higher than we initially expected, which was mid to late round, which is what he was told by NFL teams. The final draft network player comp is wide receiver Trayvon Grimes to Indianapolis Colts wide receiver Michael Pittman Jr. I have his ceiling as Kenny Galladay and his floor as Equinami as St. Brown, which <laughs> very wide gap between those two. I do think Trayvon Grimes has quite a bit to clean up, and in order to hit this Kenny Galladay role, he'll have to do something which I've spoken about before with Trayvon Grimes, where he'll have to get more aggressive when the ball is in the air as a contested catch receiver. That's something that he's kind of been hesitant for, especially given his size. But I think it's something he can do. 
it's just really a matter of coaching him up to really become that guy. I do think Michael Pittman Jr. is a fine comp for Trayvon Grimes. It's one that I even considered, but I mean, Michael Pittman Jr. was drafted last year, and so it's hard for me to put a ceiling or floor including a guy who just finished his rookie year. But Michael Pittman exceeded my expectations. He's pretty similar play style to Trayvon Grimes. Um, I do think they're both, they don't look fast, but they're leggy and they have long strides and they will sneak up on you and they eat up space quickly. And that's a big thing for them. Um, So they don't look nearly as fast as they really are moving. So that's my comp, at least Trayvon Grimes for Kenny Galladay and Equinomius St. Brown. I do like comparing him to Michael Pittman Jr. You know what's not comparable to anything, though? How good a Built Bar is. Built Bar is the best protein bar on the market. It has 18 delicious flavors, including recent Built Bar champion, Coconut Brownie Chunk, which is back, new and improved, and looking slimmer than ever, might I say. Personally, though, I'm a cookie dough chunk or peanut butter brownie kind of guy. That's just my style. I'm not huge on the coconut. But if you're trying to eat clean and you've got a sweet tooth, like I most certainly do. I had Froyo a little while ago. Not very good for me at all. That is no longer a problem. Bill Bar is your low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber solution. You can even enjoy it if you're keto. Remember to use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. That is LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, 1515 to get 15% off of your next order at BuiltBar.com. This year, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Lockdown NFL YouTube page to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft April 29th through May 1st. You can also be sure that every day leading up to the draft and for the days following the draft, we'll be talking about the Florida Gators draft class incessantly here, really. <laughs> you also might be able to catch me on the draft stream at some point. To wrap up the show... Thor Nystrom had his player comps released for his 500-player big board. Uh, I didn't go through every Gator player on the board because, personally, I have not yet finished watching all of my players that I need to, so I still have to do some of that. But I did add five Gators on the board here to take a look at. Uh, Four of them are new. One of them is Kyle Pitts, who was compared to Tony Gonzalez. That is why... I'm bringing that up. I know that I just spoke about Kyle Pitts being better blocking Darren Waller. I just thought it was very important to bring up that Thor Nystrom, who's been doing this much longer than I have and has a much bigger platform than I have, compared Kyle Pitts to a Hall of Famer and someone that many compare to or say is the best tight end of all time. So I think that was important to bring up, of course. No need to really dive super deep into that. We get what it is. Kadarius Tony, however, is offensive weapon, I love saying it, was comp to Curtis Samuel, who, uh, that's a, that's a fair comp, that's who a lot of people have compared him to, that Curtis Samuel, Percy Harvin, that kind of running back receiver role. Uh, personally, 
my floor for Kadarius Tony is Isaiah McKenzie, who's a bit of a gadget guy for the Bills right now, and I think that at the very least, that's what you're getting with Kadarius Tony. My ceiling is Randall Cobb plus. I think Randall Cobb was a bit ahead of his time. That uh, I think in his prime, if his prime is now, he'd be an insane producer. But I think Kadarius Tony's shiftier than Randall Cobb ever was. So I think it's very important to note that Kadarius Tony's Randall Cobb plus, and it's a pretty big plus. It's just I don't think he's fast enough to get that Curtis Samuel comp. Um, I think the Percy Harvin comp is fine, but I feel like it's oftentimes because they're Gators and they have somewhat similar play styles. I do think that Randall Cobb is a bit of a better comp there. Next up is to Daryl Slayton, the D-tackle the for Florida Gators, which comp to Kyrie Thornton. I personally have Michael Pierce or Kenrick Ellis, which I'm sure people out here can recognize who Michael Pierce is. He was formerly with the Baltimore Ravens, then went to the Minnesota Vikings. He is, I'll say, an elite nose tackle, so he's not going to do a ton as a, as a pass rusher, but stopping the run or at least eating up blocks, he excels at. Um... I don't know if Tadaro Slayton will ever hit that goal or hit that style of play, but we do know that he's improved significantly over the past year or so, and that he could become just that if he packs on just a little bit more weight, or he could become Kenrick Ellis, who was drafted by the Jets and was out of the league fairly soon after that. So I think Tadaro Slayton has a very large gap between his ceiling and floor, and I think that he'll probably land somewhere in the middle, of course, but it's important to note, at least for me, that he could be refined to be a stud in the proper role. Next up is cornerback Marco Wilson, who, of course, we saw lit up his pro day. He's been comped here to Devontae Bosby. I have Robert Alford, who was an Atlanta Falcon, or Antoine Molden, who was out of the league in just a few years. I like Tadaro Slayton. I think there is a very large gap. I don't think Robert Alford has a comparable ceiling to, ceiling to Michael Pierce. Um, Robert Alford was, or still is, a decent starting outside corner option. And I think Marco Wilson could be that, or even moving into the slot a bit. But I do think he's got a lot to work on. He needs a lot of refinement, especially with technique. Uh, but he's a good athlete, and a good enough athlete at least to stick around for a little while. So I do think Marco Wilson has a very above-average ceiling with a very low floor. So that is something to keep in mind that he's another guy who, honestly, I think Marco is more likely to hit that Antoine Molden out of the league floor than he is to hit his Robert Alford starting corner ceiling. Although I'm, of course, going to be cautiously optimistic about this. Of course, we want them to succeed. We never want someone to fail here. But it's something to note. Finally, we have safety. Sean Davis was compared to Sean Jenkins. I'm not a massive fan of that one. I'll say that. I have Jermaine Whitehead as his ceiling and Dion Bush as his floor. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Dion Bush is a backup for the Chicago Bears, and he has been for quite a few years now. Um, and I think that's about his wheelhouse. I think he'd be a serviceable, serviceable uh, strong safety like Jermaine Whitehead, and I do think that he could play that cover two deep safety. I don't think you should really ask him to play center field much, if at all. 
Uh, and Dion Bush is a backup strong safety who is capable of, you know, laying the wood there. Um, but I don't think that he's ever going to be great. I do think that Sean Davis has the potential to be an above average starting safety. I don't really ever see him being this superstar. I don't see him being a pro bowler at all is what I'm getting at here. Uh, but I don't think he's someone where a team's going to look at him and say, we need to replace him. So I think he'll be a good enough starter where he can carve out a role for himself and maintain that role and maintain that starting spot. Or I do think he could be bad enough where he'll be a backup, but I don't think he's going to be the kind of guy who, if he stays at his current level, I don't think he'll be out of the league. I think that there will be a spot for him just given his athleticism and bit of his versatility and coverage ability and his willingness to play special teams. I think that's huge for him as well. That's it for today's episode. Come back tomorrow where it's kind of up in the air exactly what we'll be talking about, but I can assure you that for at least one segment, we will be talking about the NFL draft because again, it is draft week, which means very little sleep, a lot of work, a lot of fun. And I'm looking forward to every last bit of it, no matter how whiny I may get about it. (laughs) Thank you for listening once again. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all of my written work at Whole9Sports.com. That's W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E sports.com. Don't forget to follow Locked On Gators so that you never miss an episode, leave a review, get in contact with me on Twitter. If you want anything you can do, just let me know how I can improve the show, make it better for you and all the other listeners as well. Also, be sure to check out Lockdown NFL Draft, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, to hear more gems from Benjamin Solak and Trevor Sykema. Also, be sure to check out the Draft Network. They have a ton of draft content coming out this week, and... Much like Lockdown NFL Draft and Draft Dudes, they are dedicated to covering the NFL Draft year-round.